Gobble, 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 and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name's Josh Baker, and I'm here to say that Thanksgiving's the best holiday uh, in the Western Hemisphere surrounding um, just America. I guess the rest of the world has their better ones, but... Uh, and with me today is Peter's best friend and closest confidant, that's right, India Jones. Hello, it is I, Gobble Gobble. And next to me, in the meat space, they're here... <laughs> I was gonna say they're queer, but we're just... <laughs> it's the same as well with rhyme, so... Uh, hey, that's right. Gobble, Peter. gobble, gobble, gobble. Um, very good, Josh. Um... Yeah, we're here in the meat space here. Um, very excited about that. And it's uh, close to Thanksgiving time. Um, unfortunately, AJ cannot join us today, but they'll be back soon. Um, and uh, in the meantime, it's a little bit of a 10 very big books classic. That's right. Here, just the three of us. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Soaking it in. A little more personal, you know? Yeah, less produced, you know, AJ's tyrannical reign. A little more raw. A little more raw. Exactly. A little more uncut. Raw and uncut, just how I like it. Yeah. Speaking of, my question for everyone today is, of course, fuck, Mary, kill, turkey, stuffing, and sweet potato casserole. I don't know. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck stuffing in the most... Yeah. We're actually, fuck sweet potato casserole. That's the answer. Mary stuffing. Yes. Kill turkey. The only correct answer. I think yeah. that's a solid three. That's a solid three inch. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm in actually, I would say, a pretty terrible mood, um, personally. And uh, it doesn't help then that uh, I, it's been a very bad week for news in America, I would say, uh, out of Colorado. And then yes. uh, it's been, uh, I have to tell you, I've not been very, I'm very glad Josh is bringing the center to this show. I've not been feeling particularly, I don't know how we're going to make goofs out of some of this uh, Malazan material here. I don't know about you guys. I read these two chapters and increasingly dust of dreams it's hard to be like you know is draconis daddy about some of this mm. material sometimes so um that's something on my mind coming into this episode yeah 11 and 12 are a real one-two punch of god i love these people and then oh fuck you know for 50 pages yeah, so um, I'm excited to, to have a little 10 Very Big Books classic here in the meat space with Josh, but um, there's uh, been more lighthearted chapters we've read in the series. True. So um, I, I guess sharing that reservation seems like a bad way to transition into the show. We got to have, we got to scrape one goof off the floor. Oh, I really... India, what's that? Is that a chuckle in your bag, I see? Is I, that is that a chuckle I, that you're pulling up across the room? I believe what it's a you MacBook saw. charger. Is that a, <laughs> yeah. it's not a MacBook charger. I'm, I think I'm seeing a couple guffaws. Oh. Maybe, yeah, you maybe know? a hearty belly laugh. A handful of chortles. <laughs> a handful of chortles. A smattering you, right. of giggles. Uh, I've got got him, got him. I talked him. Yeah. <laughs> what you did find is a charger. Um, okay. I don't have any <laughs> funny jokes, but what I do have is a small six-inch pie that Holy I'm shit. eating. I'm eating sweet potato pie right now too. There we go. There I we go. Pie, but Josh did make me hot cocoa, which was very loving. Yes. So. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's cook into some of these uh, chapters. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's cook. And um, now that you guys are both eating pie, um, uh, let's start with chapter eleven. What? <laughs> like Stranger Things. I was getting oh in. Oh my god, you motherfucker! Topical, baby. Topical. How? <laughs> um, that's a, a show. So let's uh, let's start it. Chapter eleven. Tehol and his court discuss the coming envoy from the Akrani. The envoy comes and they speak of their strange gift, the arrival of the Bargast and tribal claims on land. After the envoy leaves, the court speaks of the wasteland that Tavor and Bryce are marching towards. They also speak of the errant and the danger he poses. Tehol leaves and Bug and Janeth speak about her pregnancy. Errant and Knuckles speak of Draconis, Nightchill, Edgewalker, and other Elder Gods. Eventually, Kilimandros is ready and they leave. Shirkalal says goodbye to Ruthen Gud and then makes for her ship. Ruthen Gud heads off to join the army and reflects on a man named Greymane. In the cemetery, Ubala speaks with the ghost of Old Hunch about the Tarthanol, the Toblakai, and Karsa Orlong. He takes up Dragonscale armor and a mace called Rilk, and he is told he has important work in the wasteland. Bryce reflects on what is changing in him and why he feels distant from others. Is he only alive to die? He has changed the Lothari army and now they depart on what seems to be an eventful march. He sees death in his soldiers' faces. Fiddler speaks with many sergeants of the Bone Hunters. There is much discussion around what they are doing and what Tavor's motivations are. But Fiddler says it doesn't matter. They are to be our fist, and that's that. Throat splitter eavesdropped on the meeting and thinks Fiddler is full of shit and that they are all going to end up dead. He hears them speaking about potential treachery. Fiddler is vague about who he suspects. Otto is eavesdropping as a rat. Ruth and Gud meets up with the other captains and discusses Fist Blistig and if he is up for the job and how they might manage if he isn't. Head shows up to Quick Ben's carrying Bottle's rat captured in a bag. Hedge opens up about feeling like the last bridge burner and how he wants to start a new bridge burner army where marines are also trained as sappers. He is working on new munitions from Lothari alchemists. Hedge leaves and Bottle speaks with Quickpen. They speak about the wastelands, strangers, and Tavor. They plan to spy on Tavor and for Bottle to try and learn more about the wastelands. Hedge meets up with the alchemist Bavedict and the other recruits. Lostara speaks with Tavor about Kenneb's grief. Tavor then speaks of death and legacy, ruminating on the death of her predecessor, the adjunct Lorne. Tehol and Bug enter and gift them a water-etched dagger, saying they will need it when they face their most dire necessity. Tavor seems horrified by the gift. Bug tells Tehol he doesn't think they will see the Malazans again, 
Tohol asks about his brother, but then retracts his question. Bug comments about the potential for a vast legacy Bryce has. So, India, we begin with this scene with the Akrani coming, and they're kind of hearing about various uh, land disputes, and they're actually somewhat echoing some of the land disputes Tehol was talking about before the Akrani come, and there's also this kind of fun bit about art. What did you make of this court scene and touching in with uh, Tehol in, in kind of a larger section? Um, I always love um, checking in with Tehol. I'm not a huge fan of the... Um, I don't even know the name. Arkani? Yeah. Yeah, with the land disputes. Yes. And I'm feeling a little uneasy, I would say, and nervous for the temperament of them. Of them being the Akrani? No. Lethury? Of the Lethury. You mean the, like, Tehul's people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Speak more to that. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm just, like, pretty positive that something bad, some kind of... Let's say war is going to happen, and then all of my favorite characters are going to die. It is true. We are sending, like, literally the entire Letheri army away. So, it's a good, that's a good call, India. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> are you being sarcastic? No, not in the slightest. Oh. <laughs> I just, honestly, I assumed that this was going to be one of the very last times we saw them. Although, I guess in retrospect, like, hearing about this pregnancy means we'll probably stop in again at some point. Why did you think this was going to be the last time we saw them? Well, it really seems like everything that's happening in the city is just kind of the exposition to get these armies to leave, you know, mm. like Ublala Pung's leaving, mm. Shirkalal's sure. leaving. So we're like literally only, the only POVs we're left with are Teholbug and Janeth, and I kind of figured they would go to the wayside. Yeah, the chapter, I would say a lot of people are leaving the city. Yeah. I, I, I Almost every plot line has to do with that. Yeah. Yeah, so Inge, a lot of these plot lines all have to do with this idea, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the conversation in the first section all has to do with this idea of like almost claiming dibs on land and like who can claim land as their own in some sort of historical or cultural or, or birth sense, which is interesting that we have this scenario where the Bargast have come back and are trying to make a claim. I gotta say, this chapter and next has really left me being like, oh, why did I ever like the Bargast? Yeah, so particularly <laughs> the next chapter is a, is a pretty rough one. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess we'll speak more about the Bargast then. But I think it's uh, interesting to see that contrasted with how Tehol talks about the other uh, land dispute mm -hmm. under his purview. Josh, I see you're eyeing the little section about the Elder Gods there. Did you want to... Do you, want to, do you want to speak about your passion for the Elder Gods? I The mouse cursor just sort of was there. Um, well, this section is like prime what's happening sort of stuff. Kilmandaros like getting super sick armor on while she just slowly is also kind of drowning is very funny. But most of the other stuff I don't understand. I guess they're implying that like these are like the biggest Elder Gods, but there must be other ones. And maybe they're going to try and make like an Elder God army. Sounds pretty sick. Um, but also, I, I mean, uh, these are bad people. So the Errant is the worst. And we learned Knuckles' real name, right? We've finally learned what their real name is, but it is not one I remembered hearing before. I do not remember it off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but yes, Knuckles has a name. 
Uh, yeah. It is not exclusively Knuckles. Which does proclaim, you know, this whole time I was hoping it would secretly be an echidna and then I could just like, you know. That's what I was thinking of. It's so funny you say that. I was like, where do I know the name Knuckles from? Yeah, of course, Sonic. It's Sonic. Yeah. Um, the film franchise. The fuck off. Who voices Knuckles in the new movie? Uh, Idris Elba. Does not voice Knuckles. Are you kidding he me? He does. Do not Google it. What? I already told the you it. Fuck. Why did you Google it? I, I was good. Don't trust anybody. That's crazy. Um, there's actually a Knuckles the Echidna spinoff coming to HBO Max, so you can look forward to that. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Inge, uh, we check in. Uh, first off, shout out to Greymane. What up, Greymane heads? Uh, Wait, is that the guy from? He's a guy from some other books you haven't read. Oh, God damn it. But shout out. Cool guy. Inge. So, Shirkalal, she's on a journey, and then we see Ubala check in with the ghost of Old Hunch in a scene I absolutely adored. Um, did you feel that way about that scene? Why did you absolutely adore it? Because I don't know. It's like, it's a classic, like, Malazan loop around to stuff. You're like, well, this won't come back. Yeah. And actually, no, it's coming back. And here we are again. And I just love when things kind of grow into <laughs> stuff that you like grow out of the pot that you thought they were fill, filling, you know? Yeah. Um, in a lot of cases, those payoffs don't happen for me because I don't realize what's going on at the time when you would think that like, oh, will this come back? I never remember anything that well, happened the, before. Well, the answer is usually no. Usually it's like, oh, actually, no, it's <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just actually some guy. But we're, we're done. Yeah. I do think it's very impressive that, you know, four books ago, Steve's like, <laughs> see this guy? Huge, huge wiener. And four books later, now he's got dragon scale armor and a sick ass mace. So, yeah, pretty great. So, Inge, what what do you, what do you think he's going to do with all this stuff he was given? He's sent. He's being sent. He's got important work to do. He's like a man child. Yes. So I'm not really sure if he should even have these things. Why do you say he's a man child? Ublala? Ublala Pung? Wow. You, you see one strong man and you're ran and you're ready to tear him down. It's like men can't <laughs> even be men anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. I just he just gives very much dopey vibes and Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, he's I don't a, really yeah. Yeah, so like strong, sure, but like strategy, where? So no, I mean he like literally has the tr like the mind of a child essentially. Like there's no. That's what I said. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just I was. Uh... Although you know who I actually was definitely getting him sort of mixed up with in my head just now was Char. Mm. But he's not quite that bad. He's just sort of not with it. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely different than Char. Yeah, yeah, Ch yeah, Char, yeah, yeah. Charl, Char, 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 Char. What the fuck are you doing? There's a U in the name. Yeah, Char. Char. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> I feel like this is the worst radio we've ever put together. Yeah, agreed. Was the, was I AJ, don't think so. Was AJ what was missing? Yeah. All along. Yeah. Does this mean the first three seasons of the show were this bad? I would call them unlistenable, but that's just because I don't listen to them. Um... <laughs> Me too, John. What's what sucks too is when people start the show, they have to listen to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean if they want to listen it to that stuff, you know? It's true. Just jump in. Jump in maybe Book three. Book Bo Bone Hunters, maybe? No. Anyway. You can so, jump in anywhere, honestly, and still have in. no idea you know what the what? fuck is going on. I will say, sometimes you see posts that are like, hey, I just picked up Bone Hunters and read it, really enjoyed it. Where should I go? Like, do you think I should start again? <laughs> or 
And it's just baffling. Madness. I'm like, you know, good for them. You know, good for them. Can I, uh, my coworker who still listens to the podcast and has yet to read a single book. Shout out. She just texted me today like, his name's Quick Ben, two words. And I just, <laughs> I, I just long for that bliss of not knowing every fucking thing there is to know about this series, it feels like. Um, that is very good. Yeah. All right, let's get back on track here. So, uh, Josh, there's this rather uh, foreboding section. I would say this kind of wraps up some uh, rogues galleries and let their, and we move towards the soldiers, who uh, I would say all have uh, kind of foreboding stuff about the future, um, starting with Bryce. Do you think uh, we're just alive to die? Is that what you would just describe ourselves as? I do believe that if I died and came back to life and was not immortal, that that probably would be on my mind a lot. I think there's a very high chance of that. Yeah, no, I think that would probably trip you out. Yeah. Um, Especially if you then have to immediately go into possibly a war, you know? So, uh, yeah, I don't feel... I don't words uh i feel bad for him i think it's interesting that that he comes back and instead of embracing some sort of chill out indulgent life he's uh going to war yeah you i mean a hundo p if i came back to life and knew i was gonna beef it again i am really taking the rest of these years easy yeah but he's uh going to war i guess (laughs) yeah that's why he's a better man than i am inch uh they're then have a big discussion around whether they can, uh, so Fiddler and some of the sergeants, they're kind of having this discussion about their trust in Tavor, although they may not know her motivations and what it means to kind of be loyal to someone who you don't understand what they're, they're getting at. And I think the real question I would, I think that- Inch, you're kind to- of waving your arm around. No, I don't re- know what that means. The real question here is India, do you think Steve knew that we'd be reading this at the height of the Twitter controversy? <laughs> You know, all this talk of not understanding the real motives behind your boss and um, their grand plans. We are lucky in that regard. Yeah, truly a um, blessed time. Um, lots of parallels here. Well, I think this book was written in like the middle of the financial crash. So I don't know if it was. Uh... Anyway, so Inch, how do you how did you feel about this conversation? And, and and how do you feel about this ongoing soldier dialogue about Tavor? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great question, great question. I like that you said ongoing dialogue because that's what I would say. We are a broken record at this point. We are a broken fucking record at this point. How long have we been saying, what is Tavor doing? We don't know what's going on. We don't know, we don't know. The entire time. We the don't, entire we don't time. know, though. Right, and have we ever known? And and the question I think I ask them then is, did you die? Have you died yet? True. No. I actually, you totally lost me on that. That you know, I, India's saying like, well, they've been saying it this whole time, but they're all still here, ain't they? That's what I'm saying. Well, are that's you so? Are, but is that the purpose? Is that like the the bar of purpose? Is that you're alive? I mean, is that not what Fiddler said? Are we dead? We're gonna be a fist. It's not the, the us being alive or dead is not the point of this. You know, like who who really cares? They have, I don't know. Honestly, I'm sick of it. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm just sick of it. They talk about it all the time. They never know what's going on. Just They're never going to know. Just because you feel like it's. Mm-hmm. It's so repetitive. Do you disagree? Not at all. Um, I have no comment. Why? Because. So our next question. Um, got it. Got it. That yeah, was a really smooth of me, wasn't it? It was really good. It was really, really smooth. I almost didn't even realize what you were doing. Really slicked down, like covered in butter over here. What the 
All right, so... So I got one. What's up with Blistig and Kenob and India on any given day? Do you remember the, the difference between the two of them? Because <laughs> I know I do not. No. Right? I was, I wanted to say yes. But if you asked me any two names and asked me what the difference between them was, I think I'd still say no. It's like I know one of them is Grub's dad. and Kenob. Is Ken, and so and then Blistig was the captain of the guard at Arin. No idea. I believe Who's so. That feels Blistig is the other fist, and so Kenob is the one doing bad, and Blistig is the one that's sort of holding his shit together. Is that right, Pete? Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. I'm still very unclear a lot of the time. So then, who's the one that throws the uh, the bombs? That's Cuddle and Hedge. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Cuddle. There's some names. Or Curdle, because there's aren't there two? Isn't there a Cuddle well, and Curdle's a Curdle? The, which one is the uh, the little dragon? Oh, you're right. The dragon is Curdle, but there's a Cuddle and a very similar name too, soldier. The thing is, you guys have confused me now. <laughs> I I think Tellerist and Curdle are the two, and then there's also definitely someone named Cuddle. Yeah, Cuddle is, uh, he's like the shitty one that caused the accident at, um... Yes, that's who it is. one of the fights. Yes. Um... Yeah, Veteran Sapper, there it is. All right, so we're we're deep into it here. God, this is, yeah, this is great. the worst. So, okay, so I, okay, so I, I got it. So it just says Blistig and Kenev. They're both just listed at fists in the Bone Hunters for, for this fucking book. You so. can't say they're not. I can't say that that's you incorrect. You can't say they're not. Just, you oh. cannot say they're not fists. Well, okay, so let's talk about this Quick Ben conversation then, because a lot happens in it. So Quick Ben's kind of scheming with Bottle here. Yeah. Um, Josh, what'd you make of their plans? Do you think they're uh, got a good plan? Not going to tell Tavor? Well, I, or first, spy on Tavor a little. It's really interesting to because like we both we all know that Quick Ben is like everyone believes to be you know the shaved you know the, their their savior, and he doesn't believe in himself. And Bottle's the same way, so it's very interesting to see them both kind of trying to get the other one to have any fucking amount of confidence in themselves. You know, Quick Ben's like, Bottle, I'm sure you can get a rat into the wasteland. It's not like they're going to get fucked and eaten immediately. And, and, you know, the fact that they're so anti-being the first one to make a move is going to probably be bad at some point, you know? Like, the fact that they're so scared to figure anything out on their own. But I don't know. Do you think that's a weakness of theirs? I would. I mean, look, at this point, it's been a strength so far because they're fucking here, ain't they? But like, I don't know. The Wasteland still confuses the ever loving shit out of me, especially after the goddamn next chapter. So, yeah, well, we'll definitely have to talk about then. Um, And what do you think about this whole let's spy on Tavor question mark initiative? I feel like she's going to find out. Would you spy on your boss? Did I have magic? Um. We all have a little bit of magic in our hearts, Inge. If I had magic, yeah. Um, Would you? No, I respect authority too much to ever do something like that. My boss is quitting in three weeks, so there's no need to anymore, baby. Did I not tell you that? Is that what the donuts thing was about? Yeah, yeah, dude. Mi- yeah, fucking, fucking mid-year, she's out. Cool wow. beans. All right, uh, so to, uh, ooh, definitely something I wanted to ask about. So Josh, what do you think about this potential bridge burners redux? I I feel really bad for Hedge. Bridgeburner's Midnight Club edition. This this scene made me very sad inside because this fool just wants the, wants back what he had, and yeah. like we all yeah. know he can't get it back. And it's a real bummer that he. I mean, he can't move on because 
he died and was used and and got I just like I understand it right like you go through all of that you want your life to have some sort of meaning but you're just stuck in some in this army as some unknown buck on a continent where the only people you know are this army like what else would you do besides this it is just like sad though yeah, I, I I think that's you're all dead on, Josh, there. <laughs> Huge bummer. And I mean, I get where he's going for. I am curious, however, about the potential for them to have more munitions because that does seem to be quite an important detail that they've brought up of how few they have left. And like, we have not seen the Maranth since book fucking three. Here's, so. here's the one thing I will say, though. Sometimes when you go back, things are better and actually you should have never invited aj on the show in the first place (laughs) and in fact kind of having just the three of us kind of opens up the space in a way that i feel like we haven't been able to have for some time am i right so can i give it up can anyone so you're saying the bridge burners are back the bridge burners are back baby the boys are back in town all right can we get a royalty free cut of that please aj (laughs) no Trash talk, AJ. <laughs> uh, AJ, edit this in place. <laughs> All right, yeah, we see a bit of Hedge uh, doing the recruit, and then we check in Inge with Lestara Yill uh, with a scene I loved, and then there's also a bit of reflecting on Adjunct Lorne. Haven't heard that name in a minute. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Absolutely love this section, Inge. Um, what, what did you th- make of this? Well, I have to think about that because I kind of forgot this section. Yeah, I think it's great to return to Adjunct Lorne, especially it creates obviously a contrast between Lorne and Tavor, who have very different perspectives and are interestingly both, I would say, um, uh, I don't know, I'm hesitant to characterize Tavor, but I think both are grappling with some uh, basic uh, type of human questions in a sense. Obviously, Lorne has this whole breakdown before she dies. Uh, I, okay, real quick. Holy shit, I'm rereading what happens to Lauren in the first book, and, I mean, obviously, none of, I didn't give a shit about any of these characters at the time, but first off, she's, the shit gets beaten out of her by someone from the Crimson Guard, who we've only seen two, two groups of in the entire goddamn series. Yeah. And then she's stabbed by Meese and Arilta, the yep. barmaids, yep. from the fucking Phoenix Inn. Holy shit, did not know that. Weren't they trying to, wasn't it because she was trying to kill a crocus? Yes. Yes. Ha ha ha. Oh, with the steel trap. Oh, I do remember this now. Oh, Yeah, you remember, because she kind of encounters um, Unus Talan. Yes, 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 And then she kind of has this whole, like... She becomes good, doesn't she? Uh, I remember liking her, kind of. She becomes really human human and complicated, I would say. Because in the beginning of the book, she's very arch, in a sense. Or she's introduced in a kind of villainous role. But then she kind of has this, like, but, like, what am I even... It's real. Revisiting her at this point in the series is absolutely madness. And just what what a bold move it is. Do we know if Tavor and Lorne knew each other that much? yeah. I totally forgot about this. Do we know that, Pete? Um, little comment on that. Um, but I think there is a, a parallel. Didn't she obviously. get with Perrin? Mm, Perrin was her was her second in command. Yeah, she kind of recruited. Ganos. Maybe I made that up in my head. They recruit. No, they didn't. Did I ship a them? Ganos Lorne shipping. I think, I think that's probably Ganos what it was. was fucking tattersail in this book. In that book, right? Yeah, but maybe before that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, little, little, I'm um, actually good. I'm not going to make any comments. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, they're also, uh, 
received the dagger, a oh. water etched dagger from Bug, Bug handing out magic weapons. This is the second magic weapon in a chapter. I know. Guys, they're just going to have to use it to summon Bug and then, like, stab him with it or something to, like, unleash his power and flood a plane or some shit to save the army. Why, why do you always imagine it's going to be the most depressing dark thing? Because this is the I- fucking Malazan Book of the Fallen. Got him. And also, everyone was immensely sad when it happened. <laughs> when it was given out. Um... Yeah, I hope my presents don't go over this way. Yeah. Oh, India, I got you this dagger. You will need it <laughs> God, in your you darkest imagine, moment. Can you imagine the power play of you just start giving the most, uh, you know, esoteric items? You give someone like one long candle and you say in your darkest hour, <laughs> light it. Um, it's really. <sighs> it's a good idea. I make a note to myself. And you're looking very skeptical at me. I'm just wondering. Okay. What Josh said, because I would be really sad if Bug died. And there's but no that way. does make sense because everyone was horrified. I truly believe that we are setting ourselves up for all of the Elder Gods to die in this book series, probably at the same time or near each other. Uh, and probably that having some grand untold impact on the remainder of magic and also gods in this universe. Everybody yeah. dies, baby. Yeah. That's a fact. You live um, fast, die young. Speaking of which, um, there's a bit of a kind of a grim fated bug and uh, Tehul conversation. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys make of this little thing to end the end the chapter on? That kind of does solidify that Bug doesn't expect to see, like why doesn't Bug expect to see anybody again? Any of the bone hunters? No, the Malazans? Yeah, I'm t- I mean, I yeah. It's why bad, bad vibes? That's the bad vibes. Well, with that, let's take a moment and thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. Oh shit, AJ's AJ's gonna, gonna AJ's, fill us AJ's in. AJ's gonna do that. Take it away, AJ. We would just like to give a very special thanks to our new patrons as of the last episode. Milton, G2, Jose, Andrew, Daniel, Jeremiah, Jonathan, and Charles. Thank you all so much for backing us on the Patreon. It really helps make the show a little bit more sustainable, and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, Coming up this month, uh, you can expect us to talk about Die Hard the uh bruce willis film uh we put up a poll on the patreon for five and ten dollar patrons to vote on what movie they would like to hear us talk about for the holiday season uh and die hard i would say one in a landslide uh so that will be out in just a couple of weeks uh, so you can get in to the patreon to listen to that but also you can listen to any of our previously released bonus episodes uh if you back at just the three dollar tier you get a couple extra stuff at the five and ten dollar tier but three is the lowest you can go and you will get everything that we have released on the feed thus far thank you so much for backing us let's get back to the show chapter 12 meryl ebb leader of the barah and bargast has slattered an Akriani caravan and is fantasizing about killing Tool and becoming powerful. He has brought the last of the Snake Hunter Barghasts, and Morrow says he will avenge them. Rolada speaks with the Woman of the Skin Cut about the abundance of omens. 
They all feel as if something stalks them. Relata is ordered to track a recently killed merchant's trail, but instead opts to stealthily follow them to offer guidance to the young women of the tribe. Tool bickers with Bakal as they pass an IMAS kill site. They speak about how Tool could have noticed the death of so many Bargast. The Akronai, led by Scepter Akulis, prepare for battle against the Nithrithal Bargast. Talt rides out to meet them, and we see some of the battle as the clouds seem to move closer, and it looks like white foam begins to tumble out. The Bargast cut a wedge through the Akronai, but suddenly the ground erupts and the storm hits them. Inthala sees a terrible light and dies. Tool and the others arrive at the Snake Hunter camp to find them destroyed. Hills flattened and earth destroyed. Tool is mocked for bringing them here. The Bargas asking if they are to fight an earthquake. Tool tries to speak to them, but is challenged. Tool strikes the man down and then speaks to the waste that this system causes. He offers to step aside if they wish, but says they must march to Lether to find sanctuary, that they cannot defeat this enemy. He is warned that only the Sanan will follow him. Meryl Ebb finds the Sanan war party encampment and prepares to attack. Tool senses them coming and tells Bakul to kill him and cry out that he is dead. Bakul refuses, but Tool does it himself. Tool is dead. Bakal and the Sanan cry out so, and Marl Ebb hears. He calls off the attack and thinks about his clear pathway to leadership. Hatan feels her husband's death in a dream and wakes up knowing it's true. Rolada observes the other women but notices they are eerily still as their horses move about, afraid. She investigates and sees they are all dead. They are wounded and smell like the Kachain Shamal but something is different. Something huge flies over her head, and she tracks where it goes. In the wasteland, Torrent meets Olar Ethel, and they speak about Tok the Younger. In Meryl Ebb's camp, Tool's body is destroyed, scattered, and his skull broken. Bakul feels a guilt and anger within him. Sanan and Strahl ask about telling Meryl Ebb about the enemy, but Bakul says no. He says the Sanan will have to carve their own path to Lether. Strahl says that Hetan will be hobbled and the children killed. The three all believe that they have failed Tool. Jan Tovis walks down the long road, her people behind her, starving, dying with darkness all around them. However, they finally come to the black stony shores of Karkanis. The Sheikh are home. But their home is dead. A city decayed. Yedan Derig rides into the city. All right, so... Um, Josh, you mentioned before kind of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, having negative feelings towards the Bargast. And um, I, this section is very Bargast heavy. 
And uh, I, I would kind of love to know where you were at before this section with the Bargast and if you felt like this pushed you over the edge or this was just more uh, m- more evidence, so to speak. Yeah, so I mean, really our only time with the Bargast was book three where they were in many ways comic, you know. Um, they were part of what at the time was clear good guys, you know. Yeah, and they were like one part of a larger alliance. They were like kind of an interesting faction. Yes, and we did see some weirdness with them occasionally, but they had that war chief who kind of like held them together. So, you know, positive feelings then. You know, two books ago, they come in, they they almost saved the day. They almost saved Talk the Younger. We see Tool alive and well. All good vibes there. But this whole book is just... And I mean, look, everything that Steven Erickson does in these books has a reason. So I'm trusting the process, but it is just so wild that like immediately I feel like I don't know how I couldn't have negative feelings about the bar cast at this point. Like I know that not everyone in this sort of general area of the world is great. Like we've seen the governments of a lot of these countries are shitty, but it really all we hear constantly is that the bar cast are just sort of raiding and pillaging their way through innocent villages and like wholesale murdering and raping people constantly and so and then we are putting names to the faces and every person that we inhabit except for literally tool and hatan seems like well why wouldn't we murder and rape this is our land we were here thousands of years ago and it's just a a a wild jump from the end of two books ago when i was excited to see them Mm. I will say they did escalate on us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I also, this is probably the most, I mean, they're, I mean, we're halfway through the book now. I mean, they're a major storyline in the book. Oh yeah. So it's obviously the most time we've spent with them. It's interesting because it's like, I feel this is so, it's so meant to juxtapose with the all from two books ago, right? Who, I mean, the main difference is that a, they were, they were living on the land and had been pushed out by imperialism versus the Barkast left and are now coming. Like, I, I don't know how the, in their minds, I mean, other than the fact that they believe might is right and how, you know, if you disagree with me, I'm going to murder you. Like, I don't know how they come back and they're like, well, this was our land and therefore it's always our land and that can never be. Like, I just, there's no deeper thinking there and it infuriates me. And, uh, but I do feel bad because we used to like a lot of them and now I'm rooting for them to get wiped out by these crazy storms. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little. So, um, there's kind of these, there's this crazy storm thing. Inge, do you have any idea about maybe what that is? We, this is maybe no idea. our second or third time seeing it, something like that. They were introduced and we knew they wiped people out like a chapter or two ago, but this is the first time we've seen a POV of yeah. someone almost seeing what it is i thought it was a really cool section i really liked how it was written and then immediately dying yeah i also want to shout out i really like the section where uh rolada i think her name is stalks up on the camp and Mm -hmm. is like what's this and it's it's just like a really awesome like it's almost like a horror suspense thing for a second yeah and it's like what's going on with people i just think it was really really great now peter can you because i don't think this is a a thing you couldn't reveal because okay. I feel like it's pretty clear cut. But just to be sure, it, it does seem to me as though the Rolada storyline is setting her up to meet up with the Kachin Shamal that we know because it seems like that thing she saw was the the Krell hunter or whatever. Does that seem right? Um, I have no comment. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, 
So, Inch, um, I did want to want to come to you then to talk about what I would say is because we've been kind of talking about the Bargas storyline at large, but here in this chapter, obviously, we kind of follow these two different war parties and we see Tool die. Um, and did he uh, do that like to spare? Yes. Yeah, oh my God, that he's was basically... so dramatic. I mean, India. I will say the other war leader was like, we're going to murder them terribly and make examples of them. So like he 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 really did save them. He could have just killed him. Tool could have killed a lot of them. I don't think he could have killed all of them. There's a whole war host there. Yeah, but they all could have gotten like, I just feel like it was short sighted. I would actually, India, I fully agree with you. I think most of what Tool has done in this book so far has been very short sighted. Now he's dead and Hetton gets hobbled. Well, yeah. mine, um, my main emotion is being tremendously bummed. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, emotion. I'm bummed, but like, I'm also like, this could have been avoided and I'm pissed off about it. Yeah, my feelings I, are pissed off. Yeah, I think Tool has continued a long, proud tradition of uh, Talani Mass making terrible decisions because they're too old. They're martyrs. They are martyrs in a huge way. Okay, who else are we talking about here? I just feel like... Have you met a Talani Mass that isn't sad and resigned to the eventual heat death of the universe? Okay. Um, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I, I, I can't even process what's going on. Um, not all Talani Mass are like this, but... The um, only one who's not is Kalava, and that's because she didn't become a bone person. Um, correct. So, Tool dies. <laughs> yeah, for sheer lack of thought. And bad luck, and it's, right? We can agree. And bad luck. Bad, bad luck, but also why did he leave? Can I actually say real quick, the amount of bad luck that leads to circumstances that are statistically improbable in this series, fucking so high. Agreed. That the worst Bargast leader happens to have just finished raiding <laughs> near enough to a camp where one guy didn't get murdered by the storm and he managed to have enough life to get there and explain where to go. And that happened to be the same place that Tool went with people. Like, so many steps to get there. Sometimes it's a bit much. To me, that makes it sting worse. But I do hear you on what yes, you're saying. Yes, Um I just feel like you guys are coming out with the take that maybe he it's his fault, actually. And I, just, I am coming out with that take because he did it. It was his fault. Uh, OK, he I do know he did do it, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's not OK. I just I, I can't I can't even I can't even. I mean, you're telling me not a single one of them brought a fucking horse or something to ride away quickly. Um, you can even because you don't even have an argument for him for saying that he didn't do it himself because he did. Well, he did do it. I'm not contesting the fact, but I, I, I think you're making it out to seem like. Um, oh, he's such a hero or a martyr. I said that. Yeah, he is. She did say that. He obviously died. I think we can all agree on that. There's one thing you can say. It's that tool died. Actually, actually I, well, I do want to say on that point, I, this uh, this plot point got spoiled for me. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry that was spoiled for you, Josh. 
you know, it, it happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, Indi- wasn't something spoiled for you, India? India we did. Don't say what it is, though, because I don't think it happened yet. It definitely didn't. And it was I forgot what it, I actually forgot what it okay, was. Now. I'm sorry Great. I brought it up. Great. OK, actually, yeah. nothing was spoiled for you. Don't think about it. Don't no, think I, about yeah. it too hard, too, too hard. So this whole sequence feels pretty bad to me. I guess you guys are happy he's dead. And um, <laughs> and then they're kind of left, interestingly, kind of the other uh, Talana mass there are all kind of left with the feeling of like, we uh, didn't do right by Tool. And can I say, it, look, it's good story. It's good storytelling, Stephen. I'm, I'm, kudos to you. A plus on the paper, Stephen. But the fact that the, all of these hundred Bargast know what's causing it, but they're all, we're in their heads and they're all just dancing around it and like, man, I can't believe what we're up against. Crazy. <laughs> and then they just refuse to to think what it is ever. Um, I think it's really good. I, I, I thought you were more going to get at, um, which I'd be curious about if you, what you guys think about whether... Uh, that they're all like, as soon as he's dead, as soon as the, like the difficult moment where they would have to put their own self in peril, yeah, it has passed. They're like, well, Tool, he was a really great guy. No, it's fine. Oh because, wow, because we had seen the, the the moment like right before they like made camp that night of all of them feeling changed and and kind of coming to grips with the fact that like we have to follow you. You're the only one that's going to lead us out of this. So I think it's fine. You are right. I was just, being like, a little rude. I just want to know. What I want to know is, is this enemy something completely crazy that only the Talani Mass know about? And if so, how long did it take him to explain that to them? Or is it something we all already know about? And 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 if that's the case, why just say what it is? I just want to know. It's just a big storm with hail as far as we fucking know right now. So, Inch, um, these Talani Mass, uh, not the Talani Mass, these Bargast are like, well, what if we just cut into Lether? Well, let's ditch this whole... Bargast zone. What what do you think? What do you make of this plan? Um. Well, I feel like they probably are or have a lot. Isn't that where the Malazans are? Um. Well, that's where they are, but they're leaving to go uh, yes. east, which would be, I mean, an easy way for them to get these Senaian allies if they manage to get there. And and there and these people are going where where. <sighs> Okay, wait, pause. Actually, I did this is a good point, India, because I want to make sure that I'm right on this. So right now, we're not in the wastelands, but we're near the wastelands. We're closer, yes. So I believe, I believe, India, that this is not the way that the Malazans are going to get to the wastelands. Is that correct? Um, yeah. Or is it, the, or is this the way? That's what I'm asking. Because I know they're going to have to go through Bokondo and stuff, and I know that there's an Archeane ambassador with Tehol right now. So is this the way they're going or not? Peter, let it be known, is going to the uh, Malazan uh, wiki to look at some maps. I'm going to block my vision of my second monitor. All right, that's actually Colance. Yeah, I noticed you typed in Colance, even though I was well, saying Bokondo. Yeah, because there's not a Bokondo map, because the Lether maps uh, and the... The map of this continent are all kind of spread out on different books. It is very interesting to know that because this, see, this is this. Oh, actually, this is the map. Yeah, this is what we have in the book. This is where the Akrin are. Yeah, I'm gonna guess they're going here. That's right. They're going to the Akrin corridor, which I mean is similar to name Akrini. So maybe that is where they're going. Yeah. So I I think it is. Oh, there's Akrin. There's Aldan. Yes. Okay. Got it. India, ready? So they're in. Now pull that map back up. I just wanted to look at some of the names. India, they're in. France right now in Lether and 
to the the best I could give you is that this is all happening essentially where we'll say like Serbia is. Mm-hmm. Let me get my map out. What if I said Greece? Would Greece be better? Yeah. Whoa. So we'll say they're sort of in Greece and they're kind of going towards each other vaguely kind of. That's like the best I could I do. I cannot believe that's the strategy. You I think Serbia was better. I think Serbia was better because that's because then they would be going like southeast you towards se- you like southeast Asia. You could have sent a photo of the map instead of. Um, Here, Andy, let me let me let me send put this link in the uh, chat. So they're in like the center left where it says Empire Leather. That's where the Malazans are. Okay. And then to the right, there's like a huge white space, and you'll see the word Akron. Mm-hmm. That is where the Bargast are. And do you see to the right? There's all those mountains and words, and there's the Akron Corridor. Yeah. That's where yeah. the Malazans are going to go, and to the right of that is the Wastelands. All right, AJ, I take back everything rude I said about you. I'm begging you to cut this all out of the podcast. AJ, don't listen. This is, AJ, so, this is AJ, so listenable. I'm begging you to cut this out of the show. All right, that works. Thank you. Yes. Okay, Um. so... I know you guys, I guess, um, were happy Tool's dead, but um, did you, India, did uh, Hetan waking up from her dream uh, affect you? That was you? devastating. Yes, yes. Yeah, huge bummer. Uh, For her. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're on the same page about something. Yeah. All right, and then there is, of course, they desecrate uh, and kind of uh, Tool's body, mm-hmm. um, which uh, adds insult to injury. So uh, rude. Yeah. And then the last section here. Well, no, uh, we can't forget about torrent meaning weird old man in the in the Aldon. I thought you, I could tell you were eager to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I want to read the rest of it so I have any fucking clue what's going on with it. Well, in my defense, usually when I ask you about sections like this, you're like, I don't know what it is, Peter. Why? How was I supposed to know? I like this deep manly voice you've given me for that, um, that impression. It's really good. That's how you speak. Yeah, um, yeah you tell yourself that. All right, and so the last, we come to the city of Carcanus, um, which I noticed in my notes I wrote as the Carca- the Carcanus. No, that's fine. You're on the shores of the Carcanus, the river that runs through it. Um, I don't think that's the name of the river. Yeah, I think it's like the River Car. No, something. the river's called the Dorsen Rill. Boom, wow. baby, come at me. What's up? Fight the me, Dorsen brother. Rill river, yeah. Do you even remember Book Eight? Vaguely. Enda Salon sitting no, there, yeah, the I eels know. thinking about the darkness of the river. Yeah, no, I got it. It's like a metaphor. Did he die? Wow, Josh, I can't believe you. I don't think um, he did. So, Inge, uh, how would you feel coming home to New York City, except everyone's uh, a ghost and uh, the city's uh, not there? I would feel really strange. Um, Reasonable. Yeah, that sounds like a very <laughs> normal response. Uh, Probably Josh, scared. How would you feel about coming to, back to? Uh, your hometown. I won't dox you. Thank you. Um, I think I've said on the show, but it's okay. Uh, and uh, it's all uh, kind of decayed and ruined. That's how it is anyway, baby. <laughs> um, love, love that deep red county infrastructure. Yeah. All, all of our cities are crumbling nowadays under Joe Biden's crime <laughs> tyrannical reign. Um <laughs> All right, that's about it. I think we've we've spun up yeah, as, we did. as much juice as we can out of these particular fruits. But I hope everyone's doing well and uh, holding a little special space uh, for uh, trans and gay people out there. 
And um, anything else to talk about on the show today? Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Had to end on a high note. Gobble, gobble. Thanksgiving. Of course. Um, Hey, uh, hey, remember, you don't have to eat turkey. It's a bad food, and it's very dry all the time. So um, just skip it. Yeah, you could you could become a vegetarian. Shout out to the vegetarians. I like heads. turkey. I like dark meat turkey. I like turkey when I look. I love my mom. Don't get me wrong, but okay. she does not make a good turkey. So mm, I don't. Yeah. And sh- uh, does your family make a good turkey? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I also really appreciate gravy. Yes. Well, I utilize it a lot. Well, I see my thing is my mom takes, she like does make homemade slick dumplings. And so that is mostly what I eat. Is, I, is her I, dr- I don't know what a slick dumpling is. Uh, Me either. It's like traditional Southern dumplings, but, but like not. Slick. Yeah, they're not thick. They're not thick like the ones you get from the frozen section of a grocery store. Mm. Oof. She makes those in like a really good dressing. And so I, that's pretty much all my plate is, is just dumplings, dumplings and dressing. Um, I do love dressing, also known as stuffing for you yeah. non-Southerners. Yeah. For us Northerners <laughs> yeah. up here. Fucking yeah. A- AKA the winners, as we <laughs> yeah. like to call ourselves. <laughs> Not the next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. All right. The all winners. Right. Um, all right, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here getting back from adopting a new cat. Her name is Persephone, and I love her very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Before we get into the regular credit stuff, uh, I just want to tell you that we are now on Instagram. Just search 10 Very Big Books on there or follow the link in the show notes. Uh, We'll be sharing some high-res images of the podcast art, uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe even clips. Who knows? I don't. Moving on to the normal stuff, uh, if you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes, you can always email us 10verybigbooks at gmail.com, tweet us at 10verybigbooks, or you can head on over to our Discord, bit.ly slash VBB Discord, that's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord, that link will also be in the show notes. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10verybigbooks. That link will also be in the show notes, and... As always, thank you so very much to Dan Gesserick for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for the hottest posts about old Mets players, I think. Thank you as well to resident Warrior Cats historian Scout Wilkinson for the special art she will be providing for this season. Keep an eye out. You can follow her at twitter.com slash humble goat. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode, including the remixed intro and outro tracks is by the one, the only Amaranthin from his album Simulant Rain which you can find along with his other music on bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes and 10 very big books will be back in two weeks on December 23rd, talking about Dust of Dreams, chapters 12 and 13. I'll talk to you then. And thank you so much for listening.